0: For me, it's, it's exceptionally difficult to see that I have to take um, the guilt when I know I was innocent. Maybe it could be on the job, somebody uh, accused you and you know you didn't do anything wrong. Maybe it was them, And, and the worst thing about it is you know it was done and yet you're not allowed to do anything. Wouldn't that be kind of frustrating? And when we consider what the Lord Jesus Christ went through on the cross he uttered seven statements. He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. The second word he said was, Truly I say to you, you will be with me in paradise. He knew where he was going, and there were two men next to him, but one of the men asked him for mercy, and he said, You'll be with me today. He loved them enough to minister right there in that place, in his pain. The third thing he had said was, Jesus said to his mother, Woman, this is your son. Then he said to the disciple, This is your mother. He knew that he had to go away, but he couldn't leave his mother alone. Especially during that day, uh, mothers depended upon their husbands and their sons to take care of them. So he provided one of his disciples to take care of his mother. And the fourth thing, he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Uh, Theologians believe that that was the moment when he was experiencing all the weight of the sin of the world. And at the same time, in the heavenlies, everybody had to turn away from Jesus a moment because the Bible said he became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So for that moment, he felt what it was to be separated from God. That moment for him was like an eternity. And he cried out. See, that was prophesied that he would cry it out in the book of Psalms, but he actually cried out. That must have been such a, an ominous moment. Everybody must have looked, and uh, heaven, the heavens must have shouted right alongside of him in a crescendo of pain. The other thing he said was, I thirst. It shows there that physically he was depleted. Some theologians have shared that that also meant he thirsted to see people turn to God, and that's why he was on the cross. Because he thirsted to see sons and daughters being returned to Almighty God. The sixth word he said, when he received the wine, he says, it is finished. Say with me, it is finished." finished. See, the cross is not a halfway done job. It is a finished job. He finished the job. So he has authority. His name is the name that is above all names. When he died on the cross, he finished the work. And lastly, he cried out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands, I commend my spirits. Nobody killed him. He gave his life voluntarily. He became the Lamb of God. So as I I share that point, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Let me read something briefly to you of what he had to go through experientially on the cross. Because some people are saying today... uh, Uh, some TV programs, uh, books are coming out with uh, various alternative uh, teachings, which when you look at history, it doesn't jive with the factual accounts of history. Some are saying that uh, Jesus didn't really die, You know, he just got beat up severely at the cross, and then they asked for his body, and so he took his body, Uh, but before they took his body, they offered him a type of drink that rendered him half dead, or so inoculated that he was in a slight coma. So when they brought his body down, they secretly took him to a place, healed him up, and then later on he came back again and showed his, himself. That would be very, very fantastic and amazing and, and utterly implausible. And I would add impossible. Because look at what, some of what he went through. The fatal suffering of Jesus Christ is one of the most well-established facts in ancient history. Even in today's modern age of science and technology, there is a virtual consensus among New Testament scholars, both conservative and liberal, that Jesus died on the cross and that he was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and that his death drove his disciples to despair. The best medical minds of ancient and modern times have demonstrated beyond a shadow of a doubt that Christ's physical trauma was indeed fatal. Taking into account today's medical knowledge, we can reconstruct our Savior's suffering. His torment begins in the Garden of Gethsemane after the emotional Last Supper. There, Jesus experiences a medical condition known as hermit hydrosis tiny capillaries in his sweat glands rupture mixing sweat and blood as a result Christ's skin becomes extremely fragile in the same night Jesus is betrayed by Judas disowned by Peter and arrested by the temple guard before Caiaphas, the high priest Jesus is mocked spat upon and beaten. The next morning, Jesus, battered, bruised, and bleeding, is led into the praetorium. There, he is stripped and subjected to the brutality of Roman flogging. A whip replete with razor-sharp bones and lead balls reduces his body to a quivering ribbons of bleeding flesh. As Christ slumps Into the pool of his own blood, the soldiers throw a scarlet robe across his shoulders, thrust the scepter into his hands, and press sharp thorns into his scalp. After the soldiers mock Jesus, they take the scepter out of his hand and repeatedly strike him on the head. A heavy wooden beam is thrust upon Christ's bleeding body, now in critical condition, and he is led away into a place called Golgotha. There, the Lord experiences ultimate physical torture in the form of a cross. The Roman system of crucifixion had been finely tuned to produce maximum pain. In fact, the word excruciating, literally, out of the cross, had to be invented to codify its horror. At the place of the skull, the Roman soldiers drive thick seven-inch iron spikes through Christ's hands and feet, Waves of pain pulsate through his body as the nails lacerate his nerves. Breathing becomes an agonizing endeavor as Christ pushes his tortured body upward to gasp small gulps of air. In the ensuing hours he experiences cycles of joint wrenching cramps, intermittent asphyxiation, and excruciating pain as as his lacerated back moves up and down against the rough timber of the cross. As the chill of death creeps through his body, Jesus cries out, "Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In that agonizing, anguished cry is encapsulated the greatest agony of all. For on the cross, Christ is bearing the sin and suffering all of humanity. Then with his passionate, complete, Jesus gives up his spirit. Shortly thereafter, a Roman legionnaire drives his spear through the fifth interspace between the ribs, upward through the pericardium, and into Christ's heart. Immediately, there rushes forth blood and water, demonstrating conclusively that Jesus had suffered fatal torment. So as you know, whenever somebody comes to you with these ridiculous stories, this is fact. He died for us. And on the third day, he rose again. Amen. He didn't remain on the cross. On the cross, He rose again. So today I celebrate. When Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. The first thing I see there is he forgave. He forgave those that attacked him. He forgave those that slapped him in the face, that ripped his beard, that punched him in the mouth, that put that crown of thorns upon his head. So from there, we can see why in the world would he have to get beat up in that way? Well, symbolically, we could see uh, the issue of that, that bully syndrome that humans have, how he took that for us so that we don't have to carry that any longer. So today, if somebody curses at me, I don't have to take that. I don't have to accept that as a fact into my life. I could reject that categorically. It says, I don't care what you say about me. I receive what God has to say about me. I'm a child of God. I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am a special human being. I am unique in his eyes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He calls me conqueror. He calls me son. I am the son of a king. Therefore, I am a prince. Who are you to tell me what I am or who I am? You don't know who I am. You did not create me. He created me and he loves me and he said I have value. Therefore, I have value. You are not going to disempower me by cursing at me. You're not going to disempower me by telling me by calling me names and saying you're nothing. I don't receive it. Christ died for me and he is authorized to 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 give me the greatest yes. life. Yes. He said I came to give life and life in abundance. Therefore, that's how I will live. I will live life and life in abundance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then when you see how that cross, or rather how how the uh, crown of thorns was thrust upon his head, that area carries the brain, it carries the mind, it carries our thinking. We don't have a demon problem, we have a mind problem. We need to understand the enemy comes to afflict your thinking. You're thinking about yourself, you're thinking about your future. Isn't it interesting that when the death angel came in the Old Testament... He came to kill all of the firstborn. He came to kill the future. He came to kill those that would carry the future and a legacy of that current generation. But when the blood was spilt and the blood was placed on the doorposts and the lintels, when the enemy came to um, create that uh, that possibility into a reality, to to. to to orchestrate that heinous act of cutting out the future of the Israelites, the blood stopped them in their tracks. He came with curses. Pharaoh said, I'm going to kill them. Pharaoh said, I'm going to kill their firstborn. Pharaoh said, I'm going to shut down their legacy, their future. They're nothing. When I get finished with them, they're going to be worthless. They're going to be dead. They're going to be carcasses in uh, some desert. But when the blood was placed on both the limb tool and the doorpost that's the access door, the enemy tried to walk into the access door and he could not because he saw the blood. Hallelujah. When the enemy today tries to come into the access door, portal of your heart with words and with curses and with threats. The blood is in the way because the blood of Christ has been shed for you and for me and I don't know how he sees it but I know that the blood is covering me. I know that the blood is covering you my brother, my sister in Christ. All those who have received the Lord Jesus Christ and have received this sacrifice God does the invisible. He does the, uh, the supernatural. We do what we can but he he does the supernatural. Hallelujah. When the enemy comes at you, if he doesn't see the blood he doesn't care if you're Jew or Gentile he'll come in and destroy you. But if he sees the blood, he comes and boom, he has to stop because he sees the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's another thing Jesus did. He died for us, but he also cleansed our future. And he stopped the enemy from going into our future and destroying our future. If the enemy would have came in, the death angel would have came in and killed the firstborn, he he would have taken away from the Israelites their future, their blessing. And especially for the firstborn, he had that double blessing upon him. Yes. And these were the men that were going to go and create that future for their families. But thank God that the, the death angel came and he could not steal their future because the blood of Christ. Amen. Amen. And many of you today have, have suffered the enemy coming at you with thoughts. You're nothing. You're going nowhere. I, I heard Naisha's testimony and, 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 and so many others, and Mikey's testimony, uh, you know, how he couldn't walk. And today he's walking. Praise God. I mean, we all were very concerned about him when he went through this. But to see him walking today, I say, thank God for his goodness. I remember, amen, amen. Come on, praise him. Hallelujah. Their children today taking their lives because of bullies. Their children today taking their lives because somebody cursed them or or maybe at home they're saying you're never going to amount to anything. What's the use? Or maybe like they mentioned the gothic thinking. You know, life isn't worth living. No, life is worth living. When you connect with Almighty God, He shows you your future. And I want you to know that God is here for you today and there is a higher future for you. The thing is, Jesus says, awake, awake, O Zion. They were seeing, they were watching but God wants to take you to a higher level of understanding he wants you to awake many of us are walking this life how you doing same thing oh wait yeah amen what's good about it ah, nothing I hate life we're half asleep God wants to awake you to a great life to an awesome life that not only are you blessed you now become a blessing to others hallelujah So he takes away the stigma of of, of the wrong thinking. He takes away the stigma of of the curses or the things that you've embraced in the past. Hallelujah. And I I want you to to consider the things that you're thinking. And if it doesn't line up with the purposes of God, if it doesn't line up with the Word of the Lord, you say, I'm not accepting that. I'm rejecting that categorically. Jesus died for me. Hallelujah. And He bled in His forehead. So the blood of Jesus Christ covers not only us and our bodies, but it covers our mind. It covers our thinking. So I thank God every day. I have the mind of Christ. I thank God every day. I'm hearing from the Lord. I'm hearing the wisdom of God. Somebody comes with nonsense to me. Whoa, I don't receive that. I'm not flowing in that frequency. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm hearing what God is saying to me. I'm hearing what God's Word is saying to me. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And also, when you look at the cross, how he, His hands got... They got nailed to the cross. Hands are indicative of your work. Hands are indicative of your labor. Hands are indicative of the things that you do, the things that you cultivate. And the enemy has taken away from many of us uh, our future, our desires, our vision. But, but I'm here today to tell you, he's restoring your vision. He's restoring your joy for the future. He's restoring your picture of a better future. Hallelujah. I'm excited about my future because it's God in me. It's Jesus in me. Hallelujah. The Bible says it's Jesus in me, the hope of glory. And, and I want to let you know it's Jesus in you, the hope of glory. You can wake up tomorrow saying thank you Lord for a brand new day. Thank you for tender mercies which are brand new every morning. Thank you for your favor. Hallelujah. I'm excited about the future because He has given me a life and life in abundance. It also is back when you see the 39 stripes. Whoa by His stripes, we are healed. Hallelujah. Not only physically, but I'm healed emotionally. I'm healed uh, from past situations and circumstances. I'm, I'm healed from a past life. I am healed. Hallelujah. And I glorify God. And I lift up my hands in gratitude to Almighty God because He has healed me. He has healed my future. He has, he has healed my future's future. In other words, my children and my grandchildren. It could have gone another way but I thank God he arrested the enemy he arrested the destruction and now from here on I am blessed and I am healed hallelujah also his feet were also nailed to the cross feet is also symbolic of your walk of the way that you're going of your journey and and I want to also tell you tonight that Jesus is walking with you on the journey he said he'd never leave us he said he'd never forsake us hallelujah Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. First thing He did was He forgave them. And the second thing He said, forgive them for they do not know. And this is the crux of the problem. People don't know. You see on TV how they joke about Jesus. They joke about the Bible. Because they don't know. When you don't know something, you'll tend to ridicule it. You'll tend to demean it. But the minute their eyes are open, they go, Oh my God, what have I done? What was I doing? Look what happened to Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus was chasing the church. He was arresting the believers. But when Jesus opened up his eyes, he says, my God, I didn't know. I thought I was right. I was absolutely wrong. Jesus is precious. And he spent the rest of his life making up for it. He spent the rest of his life preaching and teaching and traveling. Hallelujah. He didn't care if the sh- he-, he goes shipwreck. He didn't care about it. He was going to get the gospel out to as many people as possible. He realized he was wrong. But when God opened up his eyes, and that's what I pray for each and every one of us, and that's what I pray for my family members, and that's what I pray for all the people of the Bronx, and that's what I pray for all the people in New York, that God would open up our eyes, that we might see his love. And Jesus said, "From He say even today, forgive them for they don't understand. Yes, yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Then it says that they don't, they don't know what they're doing. The actions. You know, that's why it's very important that we mentor Christ when somebody does you wrong. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know that they're talking wrong to a king, to a prince, to a princess. So we have to have that same love. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. You don't take their actions into account. You, you speak about the love of God. You can... Uh, um, you could do eye for an eye, but you choose not to do eye for an eye. You choose to mentor Christ in the situation and the circumstance. You can say the same thing as Jesus said on the cross Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Amen. They spat on Jesus, they cursed Jesus. And what did he say? Father, forgive him. And finally, after he went through all of that, he says, It is finished. So, it's a finished work, my brother. It's a finished work, my sister. It's nothing that we have to do. Today, I was seeing in the news how uh, there are people in parts of the world that voluntarily crucify themselves. Mm-hmm. And they walk with a crowd of people and they're there crucified. I'm talking with real nails. Mm-hmm. And they're carrying it. And I know they're doing that as a devotion unto God. But He already finished the price. Rather, the, He already finished. He paid for the cost, He redeemed mankind. We do not not any longer have to, you know, bear what he bore. We bear our own cross. And he said, our yoke, or rather his yoke, is easy and his burden is light. Hallelujah. So even though we'll go through difficulty in life, we know that Jesus is with us. We know he already paid the price. We know when the, the death angel comes in, when the destroyer comes in, the blood of Jesus covers us. I mean, how many times have people come up to me, and I have not... I don't have the word Christian on my chest my forehead but yet they've gone to me and they say you know there's something about you. you you must be one of those holy rollers aren't you it's almost like they know but in the spirit realm it is true anybody who has any sense of, of, of whatever spirituality in that sense a, a good reader or so they'll be able to tell because the blood of Jesus does cover us there are angels that encamp around about us left and right So in the spirit realm, there's a lot of activity around us, and there's a lot of authority around us. That's why, from now on, we need to watch our mouth. We need to watch the things we say. Because as we're talking, we're releasing life, or we're releasing death. Because as authorized Christians, followers of Christ, we release life or death. See, that's how come I cannot just arbitrarily get upset and start cursing at people, because I'm actually releasing power. Yes, yes. So as a Christian, I need to moderate my words and and I need to consider the things that come out of my mouth because out of the mouth flows death and life. And Jesus said, actually, the last thing He said, go into all the world and curse people. Huh? Go into all the world and talk bad to them. Go into all the world and do eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Huh? No. He said, go into all the world and teach and preach about the good news of what I have done for them hallelujah. Hallelujah. hallelujah so we dedicate our lives now to sharing the gospel we dedicate our lives to blessing people yes. it's amazing when you're sharing the word of the Lord and the spirit of God is giving you insight you can literally see in a person's face when the light turns on yes. Yes. they go oh I didn't know that you could see it He did that for me. I remember when I was 15 years old, when somebody preached the gospel to me. I had heard it before. I knew that Jesus, that holy man on that cross in the Catholic church was special, but I didn't understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. But one day, somebody lovingly sat down and explained it to me. And I said, you mean he died for me too? I said, yeah, you too. You mean he could forgive my sin? Yeah. You too. You mean he could give me a better future? Absolutely. Amen. And I didn't understand everything about it, but I need, I need, at that point I knew I needed to receive him as Savior. I knew I needed to walk with him and he need, definitely needed to walk with me because my life was going nowhere very quick. So I received Christ. I didn't know exactly what I did. I just know it was the right thing. But it was afterwards I started seeing the changes in my life. Afterwards, suddenly, the understanding... The eyes of my understanding started opening. The, the windows of heaven started releasing wisdom to that young man. And that's what he will do for you and for me. All you have to do is ask. And you enter into that relationship. And as you enter into that re- relationship, God's going to start giving you divine downloads. You don't have to wait 30 years to get the downloads, people. You don't have to wait. God will start giving you downloads even at your place right now. amen, amen. I remember I I, I was in in my room and I was getting severely attacked mentally and and I didn't know what to do. And and suddenly I heard that word. I said, well, maybe you should take your life. I went, I don't want to do that. But it's like I heard it. You should take your life. What's the use? You're going through it. Oh, I don't want to do that. But suddenly I got on my knees because I heard the gospel. And I went to the Father. I said, Father, what's going on? But I mean, I remember in prayer and I wasn't, you know, I didn't have any biblical study. I just heard what Sunday school was teaching me. There's power in Sunday school, people. Yes. And, when, and, and those verses started coming back to me. And I started remembering that greater is he that is in, he, in me than he that is in the world. Yes. And suddenly I remember receiving like a mantle of authority. I turned around and said, devil, you're not going to have my life. You're not going to have my future. 15-year-old boy, you're not going to have any of it because Jesus loves me and he's with me in this room. Amen. I received Amen. such Amen. a confidence. And, and suddenly I received that release. Then uh, that week, uh, that Sunday, there was a prophet in our church and he preached and he started prophesying to everybody. And At the end of the service, when he finished, he turns and looks at me. He says, you know, the Lord tells me you had a fight face to face with the devil and you won. And God wants to let you know he does love you very much. That's all he had to tell me. I fell on the floor. He loves me, he loves me. But for me, that was a major breakthrough because in fact, I had a fight face to face with the enemy. But thank God that somebody loved me enough to share the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. And it changed me. And today, now I'm in my 50s, uh, I could see the trajectory of my life, how God has been with me every single day of my life. In the good times, in the difficult times, in the times where I'm questioning, what in the world? I mean, how in the world could so many bad bad things happen in one day, for crying out loud? Lord, can we spread this around a little? (laughs) Give me a couple of weeks, at least. (laughs) But the bottom line is, he's with us each and every day. So Good Friday, we call it Good Friday because of that. God is good. What he did on the cross is good. What, what he did on the cross for you is not only good, it's eternal, it's precious. He says, I, I go to the Father now, I have to leave because I'm preparing a place for you so that when I return, I can bring you with me. So not only does he bless us here, he blesses us for eternally. Amen. Amen. So what's the message in closing? Father, forgive them because they don't understand. Now we have to take that message. Hallelujah. Your co-workers, people at work, those people that you just don't get along with, those difficult supervisors. How about those people you love to hate (laughs) or you hate to love? (laughs) How about those friends that, or maybe they used to be your friends, but now they're over there and you're here. got to love them. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that Jesus died for.